Hello, everybody. What up? How you doing? How you living? It is time to look back at week 10. I got Sims on my right, and I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. Keith Mooney says, L-E-F-K-O-E man, and Mr. Big Time Chris Sims. Oh, hello. How are you? Chris Sims didn't just fly back home. He jetted his way back to New York City, and he is here in the office. He locked himself, started watching film, but I hope you got to see him on Sunday Night Football. Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, and Chris Sims. Hey, uh, how was that? It was really cool. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's probably one of the first times I felt like on a set with a microphone in my face that I was actually like, huh, I'm a little nervous here. Were you really? A little bit, yes. Uh, and the fact that the Patriots, an organization that I worked for, were all walking by me. I was saying hello to ex-coaches. They were, you were talking and stuff? Yes, you know, stopping by. I'm, I'm on the set. We're a minute away, and guys are coming by, and I'm shaking their, hey, oh, good to see you. Well, that's good for the for the brass at NBC to see, too. Uh, you're right. It probably was. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a cool cool experience. I and saw you. I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without you. Oh. Couldn't. Nope. I'm going to cry. Uh, so I saw that Collinsworth thought that you played the Patriots. You had a little zinger. I wasn't good <laughs> enough to play. Right. And then I saw T- uh, Tariko and Collinsworth were like, oh, yeah, you're better than Pops. Yeah, they had How fun. did Pops say you did? Pops, uh, I know he didn't get to see it, really. Oh. I, I, because he was, you know, of course he does, they do post-game stuff on CBS. So he's in the car, I think, on the way home and I'm doing it. I know he got a lot of text messages. That was the one thing he relayed to me. I heard you did a great job, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, uh, hey, Dad's yeah, dad's dad's proud of me. He lets me know. All right, so we t- I asked the fans out there, hey, if you see Sims, send us a video of you watching Sims. And uh, we had some people take part. Is that but, right? Yeah, let's take a look at how they did. I just want to thank those guys so much. I'm trying to find, I forgot to like look at their names and who sent it to me. But those were some clips that we got from people on Twitter watching you. That's awesome. And remember, I said, you know, talk over them. But no, we were getting tweeted at the 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 account the whole night. People watching you and going, I can't believe Sims is on my TV right now. It was awesome. Uh, you were right there watching the Patriots, yep. And that devolved from a good game to a blowout very quickly. Very quickly. Is this just something the Patriots do? What did you learn being on the field last night? Okay, first thing, I mean, you know, Denver has the disease, right? They just have the disease, and it happens sometimes. I've been a part of this in the NFL where you get the turnover bug, and it doesn't matter how many weeks in a row you work on ball security and doing those things. There's just some years, for whatever reason, you can't get rid of it once it's gotten a hold of you. Uh You know, being there, hey, I mean, you're not going to beat the Patriots with the way they played on special teams. When is Denver going to bench McKenzie as the bunt returner? It was his sixth fumble of the year. I would have benched him probably after three. So how how many times do you have to be burned by that? Block, punt, kick, return. So that's one thing. You know you're not going to beat the Patriots once you lose that phase of the football game. It's good to see Rex Burkhead is being used like we thought he would be. In all ways. It only took 11 weeks, but I feel justified a little bit. Yes, you're you're right. And and well, it's so hard with the Patriots, too, because one week they just go, well, we got this game plan to beat this team, so let's do this. But... Um, Okay, man, there's a lot of things I actually want to say about this. First of all, the Patriots. The Patriots, once again, TV does not do justice to the Patriots of how big of a football team they are. 
when you see Alan Branch mm. and Lawrence Guy and then Martellus Bennett and Gronkowski lining up on the end of the line of scrimmage next to each other, it's like two extra tackles on the field. And you see Nate Solder and Marcus Cannon. You know, even the NBC execs who were sitting next to me, it just, man, I just didn't think they were this big. I can't believe how big they are. And yeah, it's something about their uniform that doesn't do it justice on TV. Brady, like I said in the pregame segment, is better now than he was when I was working for them in 2012. You would be on the field during practice when you were working for them? Definitely. Caught balls from them at times. And you would caught balls. So yeah. you, and you are someone that studies arm motion, all that stuff. Right. Quality of ball. How did how did he look? Uh, I mean, he's he. I feel like he's more comfortable now than he's ever in his career because he's so comfortable with his mechanics and the way he's throwing it. Lefko, every ball is just plush. Really? It's, I mean... The quality of the ball, the way it's spinning, the power behind it, the accuracy. It's really funny because we got a lot of Twitter comments about how you did well. And the other one was like, I can't believe they're letting this Tom Brady hater do a Patriots game. And what's so funny is I want everyone to understand in this job, there are people, the Skip Baylesses of the world, that truly try and say things to get your attention. But you always say exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. And a few years ago, Brady wasn't throwing like this. Right. And he's changed his motion. Yes. And yet there are people that can't comprehend that maybe Brady has changed something. Yes. I mean, I, and that I, you're not just a hater. No. I, I, you know, I had people, New England fans, yelling that at me. You're really? a hater. Yeah. And when, when I would get offset, Brady hater. You're. A, I don't hate Brady. I just. I. I literally led, yelled to one guy. I just blew him on TV. <laughs> I just blew. So I don't, I just try to give you my honest evaluation. And I've been around the sport for a long, long time. So, yes, I'm not saying this to be a shock jock or anything like that. I, I hate when people say that to me. But, yes, what he has done, and nothing exemplifies it more. Then the signing of Brandon Cooks, the trading of Philip Dorsett. When I was there in 2012 and after I left in 13, they wouldn't have entertained signing guys like that because mm-hmm. they would have gone, it's a waste of time. Brady's not going to throw the ball outside the number down the field. I mean, I was there. Again, his downfield throwing, 15-plus yard throwing, was a concern for the organization. Yeah. And now they're almost unstoppable. And yeah, the Brandon Cooks was a trade. Like, they went out and got him. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, they did. They went out and got him. You're right. So him and Dorsett are trades, right? Yes. And then, really, the other thing left go that jumps out to me about the game, did they not watch what the Patriots have done to Wade Phillips before or like what the Falcons did to Wade Phillips last year. Like you're going to honestly put linebackers and safeties man-to-man coverage Mm -hmm. against their running backs who are basically like receivers and you thought you were going to get away with that? I mean, how many times did they have to get gashed by those type of plays? We'll empty the backfield. Fine, you wanna, but we're gonna you're gonna play us man to man. Well, fuck, we got so much talent. We'll find one one yeah. matchup we like. It, it's tough watching Von Miller have to guard these guys fifteen yes. yards down the field. Right. He's capable. Yes, like he's one of the few guys I think could pull it off. But like the red zone touchdown when he's covering. Yeah. Like what? Come on, come on. What are you doing, Denver? Rush him. I mean, he's your biggest weapon. He's the best pass rusher in the game, arguably. You, you can't have him in those situations on the eight-yard line defending Tom Brady and company covering the tight end down the field. Amos, turn up furnace. Patriots miss you, bud. Good times. Chris Varsenick. I'm a Pats fan, and Chris Sims has done nothing but talk about how awesome Brady has been all year. He was hard on him for Deflategate because he was giving his opinion, you know, the thing he is paid to do. Thank Chris you. Varsenick. That was good stuff. Appreciate that, buddy. Uh, my, our guy Marcus Wilson saying, hey, Mexico, bring out the lasers. 
because you know they play in Mexico right. this week, and we'll see if it's laser game <laughs> one more time. Uh, the only other thing I thought was interesting is yeah. this Martellus Bennett injury situation, yeah. where it's like I'm I'm not playing, and then he gets cut. Now the Packers want money back because he signs with the Patriots. It does smell a little funny. It's it's weird. I'll say this: I didn't even tell you this. I talked to Martellus Bennett as he was coming out of the tunnel in halftime. So the team went out. Oh, I you wa- did? I did. Yeah, you weren't really listening to me there. It took a second to Breaking register. News. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I had to go use the restroom, so I got out of the NBC truck. The restroom was close to the New England locker room. Players were filtering out. I kind of waited for them to all go. And I was like, all right, let me go in here. And Mart- Mart- Martellus walked out. And we said, hey, what's up? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I said, hey, I'm always rooting for you and your brother. I love you guys. Yeah. I appreciate that. I said, man, what? this is crazy. He goes, he he literally said, I, I I can't even believe it. It's fucked up. I told him I was hurt all along. I don't even know what to say anymore. And that's literally how he left it off, and I just said, good luck. So it is a weird situation. So now all of a sudden he can play? Well, I, he told them not to sign him. And I the think Packers he just, or the Patriots? The Patriots. He, he played told, well last night. He told all teams when he was a free agent, don't sign me. And the Patriots basically said, no, we're going to sign you. I don't even care. And I think... If I'm just reading between the yeah, lines, expl- what? I, I think basically they're going, do you think you could just suck it up and deal with the shoulder thing for the rest of the year and do it, do it later? But I just have a hard time believing that Martellus Bennett wouldn't have been up front with the, pa- the Packers. He's been claiming that from the very beginning, telling them that he had shoulder issues. It's really confusing. Yes. So, and it's saying he, doesn't, he didn't trust the doctor and he didn't like the way he was being handled. And he put out all these like notes about how he... he didn't think he should be playing at all. He didn't feel comfortable, and he's ready to start the next stage of his life. Well, sometimes the NFL, they don't like when the inmates ask questions and have thoughts of their own, and that really ruffles the feathers of the front office and the coaches. New England doesn't care. As long as you don't do it with a microphone in your face, they're open to answering questions outside the box, thinking, and everything I've heard from New England, Brady loves Bennett, Belichick loves Bennett. He is truly, they love him and part of the culture. Well, if they love Martellus Bennett, you know that we love Kyle Shanahan. Oh. Amendment number two, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. And uh, Kyle Shanahan. He is off the schneid. He has a win. And Sims, you weren't here, but I made sure that we celebrated in the New York offices. Mm. You know the second amendment of the podcast? Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. Take a look. They're up. Double digits on this loser, Fat Riley, and for the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan from the Sims Lefko podcast. Tastes so fucking sweet. Oh, Oh, look at him. And then I spilled all of it. Oh, look at Kyle. Oh, yeah, baby. You need to send that video to Kyle. Do I? Yeah. I'll 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 give give it to you and you send it to Kyle. No, but we had to pop some bottles for Kyle. It came at the expense of a lot of the Giants fans here. Giants fans refused to record me. Gabe, he said, I'm going to ruin it. You're going to pop it. I'm just going to (laughs) yell, go G-Men. They get their first win. C.J. Beathard plays a really good game. They're no longer winless. And... It's funny that it's the scary, it's the upsetting thing. You play a New York team, and I instantly want to go. What about this guy? Yeah. What about Ben McAdoo? How awful was that? Right. Because 
What, what was so interesting to me is I'm watching Eli, and he can't even complete passes. No. Like, none of his passes look good. No. Even they, the fumble, it's like, that wasn't that big of a hit. It's like he just dropped it. He was like, oh, let me let go of the ball. C.J. Beathard was more impressive than Eli Manning. Yeah. And C.J. Beathard, I don't think, is going to be a regular quarterback in this league. Right. Uh, I Left go, you know. Uh, he definitely was – not that I sat there and watched every play of this game. Of course, I was getting ready for the NBC thing towards the end. But it was obvious to me that C.J. Beathard was making more plays on the day than Eli Manning. And, of course, the Giants offense, hey, the run game's gotten going. Yeah, but they're still gets going. Sterling Shepard, every time I turned around, yeah, he had some catches. Me, Gabe Camusser, the one thing, and we said it earlier today, right. the thing that I don't understand – what the hell has happened to this defense? Yes, that's the biggest question. I don't understand how a defense that was so dominant last year and was everywhere, Landon Collins flying all around, right. everything has just devolved. Yes. If it, I didn't think – the question we had in the season was – are they going to rely too much on Odell? Like, we we had questions about the offense. We had no questions about the defense. No, and it's a, it's a shame because the defense still has top-tier type talent. I mean, on the front line and in the secondary. So it's an embarrassment. And I think you, the other thing that just drives me crazy when I watch the Giants on film – they just they borderline on doing too much on defense at times. You, they they are a team where I go, man, you got talent. You don't need to try to trick them every play. Yeah. You don't need to try to go for the pick six or sack fumble every play. Those are things you sprinkle in. But because of that and Charles, almost the over-creativity and trying new things, they're not on the same page. They miss tackles. They yeah. blow coverages. They lose their gap assignments, and, and it is. It's amazing right I now, I didn't Giants. think Ben McAdoo was going to be coming back to New home, York. Right. I didn't think that, but that is not how the Maras work. Not. They don't do that. Yep. When asked afterwards about his job status, uh, McAdoo told reporters that doesn't have anything to do with anything. What situation? We have to go ret- correct the tape. There is no situation. Right. I mean, are we just watching Dead Man Walking? Without a doubt, I, I think it's it's gone. Sayonara. It's they're gonna fire Ben McAdoo. I would think after the year, because like you said, that the Maras are not the type of team that does that. Um, the Maras also deserve Jerry Reese. They also deserve some of the blame here. Is Jerry Reese gonna get fired too? I, you know, I, I don't know. It's very gonna be very interesting. Uh, I am almost at the point where the Giants might need to just get a whole new look and a whole new regime in there and just change things up from top to bottom. And the Maras, Jerry Reese, I don't know how much he played into hiring this man, Ben McAdoo, behind us, but they deserve some of the blame, too. They got fooled. They got fooled by Rodgers. They got fooled by a lot of garbage time stats the year before they the year before they fired Tom Coughlin. When Eli had a very successful season. Oh, yeah, he, he threw for 4,500 yards, even though they were, what, what were they, 6-10? and 10? Right. So what was his first year? 2000, all right, so 2015, 6-10, garbage time stats. Washington here. I mean, this this says it all. They lose five out of their last six, six out of their last seven. They score fourteen against the Redskins, twenty against the Jets. Okay, thirty-five of the Panthers, seventeen against the Vikings, thirty against the Eagles at the end of the year. And I think your team was in the playoffs that year, maybe. But, but Eli's stats were better than the year before. Yeah, and it's like they just yeah. looked at it and they're, oh, we might have something special here. No, it wasn't Odell or anything. Anthony Nunez says, shout out to Marquise Goodwin and his story. Yeah. He lost uh, like a young child and then went out there and got very emotional when he scored, which is incredible. It was great to see Marquise Goodwin be able to do what Kyle's been wanting him to do, right. which is go deep. Right. A lot of people are saying, have you seen the video of the Niners celebrating in the 
locker room. Oh, of course. It is awesome. Go on Bleach Report. Check that out. They were going nuts. They had a big, like, boom box. They were getting down. Kyle was just genuinely, like, smiling yeah. and very happy. It was great. But the, the giant situation is a mess. It's a mess. Um, I'm saying it right now. I mean, I'm just going to start it now because this this is over. I really do think it's over. I don't know how you can really turn back and bring Ben McAdoo back after the year and say, oh, we're, we're, we still have a team here and we're all together yeah. and all on the same page. Josh McDaniels. Just saying it right now. We said it last week. Did we? Okay, good. Well, they got But a now you're feeling it even more? Well, I just, you got to do it. it. Just to me, it's just the right move. The more I sit here, evaluate the Giants, you know, again, you know, I've been with Josh in, in two different occasions. One's when he was the head coach in Denver, which there was a lot of things that went against him that people don't know about there. And then being in New England, Josh is one of the best coaches in football. And I just think if you get him in the right situation, he's a guy that can turn the whole organization around. He's a, he is a mini Bill Belichick to me. That's what he is. And I know that you've always said that the Patriots, whether it's McDaniels or Belichick, hold the Giants organization in such high regard. No doubt. That it would be one of the franchises because it's the Mara family right. and they're consistent right. and they're not you know, one of these franchises that makes wholesale changes. Yes. They're a good ownership to play for. Definitely. And Bill would for. trust them. Bill would let Josh go there because he would he cares about Josh. I think he would go. You think it's a Bill letting situation too? I, a little bit. I think he would also advise him this is a good organization. These are good people. It'd be the type of situation where he'd give Josh the installation tapes too that they keep locked up in the safe up in New England and go, go ahead, teach our new your wow. offense. Yeah. I think there's that much respect between Josh and Bill and I do think there's that much respect between Bill and the New York Giants. It's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. I think as an Eagles fan, I don't want to see him go there. As a fan of the NFL, right. Josh McDaniels should go to the New York Giants. Yeah. That's where he should go. Yes. Uh, the other coach that is getting a lot of hot seat talk right now is John Fox. Right. I saw this. There was a message from within Hallis Hall that with all the healthy personnel considered, this was a must win for John Fox against Green Bay. And then I hope they meant it. Fox's team has been sloppy, disorganized, overmatched, and poorly coached was something I've seen put out there. Um, he had a challenge yesterday yeah. in which he took – the ball and gave it back to Green Bay. Right. The offense still doesn't look good. Right. Uh, the defense really wasn't that great. No, that's the disappointing thing. The defense. How did they get? Uh, and again, this is like one of the games I didn't really focus on a lot at one o'clock. But how did that defense get run on like that by New uh, by Green Bay? With, how with their two running backs out? I just I'm amazed by that. So that is one thing. If you check in the Sims and Leftco podcast on Thursday morning, I will have a breakdown for you on that because yeah. I'm interested to see what the Packers did. Did you have John Fox as a stay last week? Uh, I'm oof. almost positive you did. I think I did. You yes. had him as a stay. Right. That kind of loss though. It's uh, it's a dicey situation there. I don't look at John Fox necessarily as the problem there. Once again, uh, I underst- I think I can understand that they wanted to go in a new direction after the year. My big thing with them is this, and I know I said this during during the week, some point last week. They got to just make sure they keep Dow Logans and Vic Fangio. That mm. would be more important. I said this to your boy in Chicago. Parkins, Perkins? Yes, Parkins. So if you gave me the choice and said, okay, John, you keep John Fox or you get to keep Dowell and Fangio, right. I would say Fox has got to go. you got to keep Dowell and Fangio. Per covers, right. the Bears have been favored six times in John Fox's 41 games as head coach. They are 0-6 in those games, wow. and five of them were at Soldier Field. Jeez, that's unbelievable. Uh, 
you know, the big thing, too, there, I don't want to blame all of John Fox. I mean, the, the offense is not capable of actually carrying the team no. at this point, unless they can just truly run it down your throat with great ease. They're just not anybody that scares you. You know, again, if you're playing the if you're playing the Chicago Bears, who are you going, oh, wow, we better double that guy or we're screwed? The Bears and the Packers are definitely not in the playoff discussion right now. No. But the teams that definitely are are Sims's top five teams, and we have a little reshuffling, and I have a question about this. So sure. let's pull them up. Pull up the teams, the top five teams for Chris Sims. Number one, still the Eagles. Number two is still the Patriots. Now, who, who fell out of the top five? Uh, let me. See. I'll tell you right now. The Rams went from six to five, but the big thing is, is three is the Saints, four is the Vikings, five is the Rams, and you actually leapfrogged the Saints over the Vikings this week. Right. So the the Saints are now three, and the Vikings the are Steelers four. Steelers fell out. The Steelers fell out yeah. of the top five. Right. Um. Why is New Orleans now higher in your power rankings than Minnesota if they both won this past week? Well, New Orleans has been three for the last few weeks. New Orleans has been three for since week eight. I've okay. made them three. So th- my top three has not changed since week eight. It's been Eagles, Patriots, Saints the last three weeks. Now, I had Steelers. Steelers. I had the Chiefs at four in week seven. Steelers right. at four. Steelers at four. And now I've moved the Vikings to four. Gotcha. Um and I put the Rams in front of the Steelers as well. You did put the Rams in front I of the did. Steelers. Uh, All right, so here's the thing. Go ahead. We're getting this from Jal Lucas Rodriguez. Are the Saints that good? They are. I have been uh, getting – and the people are saying, like Tommy also says, the Vikings beat the Saints, though. Week one is a different season. So it was week two, but it was seven weeks ago. No, that was week one. That was the first Monday night football game. Oh, you're right. It was. It was. You're right. Um, week two was the Patriots. Chris Sims – picked the New Orleans Saints to win the division before the season and people don't remember and I it's so funny now that they're seven and two and people are like man the Saints are really good you've said this from the beginning and even before this blowout you were very confident that the Saints were a team that were capable of doing this let's take a look at your Saints bet for the prediction against the Bills on Sunday I'm going Saints. I'm only going $10. I picked the Saints to win the game 24-20. I wanted to go more here. The only thing that scared me was Drew Brees outside. Plain and simple. This is a really bad matchup, I think, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Everything they want to do is going to be canceled out because New Orleans is good at what Buffalo wants to do well. Oh, Buffalo wants to play zone defense and not let up big plays? Well, shit. Mm. There's nobody better at being surgical than the New Orleans Saints and right. dissecting a team. It's a tough matchup, I think, also for the Buffalo offense. Buffalo wants to run the ball. Hey, that front seven for New Orleans, it's yeah. good. It's a good defense. Yeah. They're physical as hell. They got size and speed. And I think that that's why you've been so spot on for the Saints the entire year. And a lot of people are saying because they've come out of nowhere and they're the Saints and they're that first Monday night football and then yeah. the second game was the Patriots right. and they threw all over the place, which right. was a lot of Rex Burkhead. Um, the Saints are so for real and yet people are still just getting around to it and it's very frustrating. I don't know why I'm so frustrated with it. I, it it's, it's crazy to me too because the years where they're like four and five, everybody wants to buy onto them the last yes. few years. Oh, it's still Drew Brees and Sean Payton. They're going to throw for 5,000 yards. Great. He's not going to reach 4,500 this year, and they're a way better team. I mean, they're way better the way they're playing. Yeah, the Saints, I, you know, again, I'm not trying to say I'm sitting here and know everything, but I thought their O-line had potential. 
And boy, has it just meshed yes, perfectly. Yes, it really has. And I, you know I loved Alvin Kamara. I love the fact that they got a Marshawn Lattimore. And the guys up front are really the people on the defensive side that have to start getting credit. Guys like Cameron Jordan, guys like Okafor, Texas homie. Yes. They are beasts on the edge. I thought the fact that they got Okafor and A.J. Klein in the offseason uh-huh. instantly made them a tougher team. It definitely did. And then Sheldon Rankins is another year and healthy. He's healthy. Right, exactly right. And then you talk about guys like 95, Davison, uh, rookie Hendrickson from Florida Atlantic, who's a great contributor. Interesting. Onyemeta, the kid from Canada. I can't ever say his damn name. But they have a rotation and depth in the front seven that's legit, let alone Lattimore, who's a shutdown down corner with other young corners with talent and then three safeties that are really good mm. in the in the uh Vaccaro, Marcus Williams, Raphael Bush. Yeah. They're they're good players. Uh the Saints are the first team to rush for more than 295 yards and six touchdowns in a single game since the 1957 Cleveland Browns. Woo! This is the Saints. Yeah. This is throw every down Saints. They're not the same Saints anymore. No. Interesting little nugget about the Bills. Since the Marcel Darius trade, the Bills have allowed nine rushing touchdowns, 492 rushing yards, and 5.53 yards per carry. Wow. Now, the Jaguars' defense has allowed one rushing touchdown, 116 rushing yards, and 2.37 yards per carry. Buffalo was paring down this team. I picked Buffalo in this game because I thought Buffalo at home is a tough place. But that Saints defense was just as impressive to me as that running offense. Yes. But with Ingram up the middle, Kamara all over the place. Right. Michael Thomas is super solid. Yep. Ted Ginn can take the top off. Yeah. That offensive line is great. Yep. I don't know how you slow down the Saints. Yeah. And it's very interesting. I mean, right now, when I just look at it and go, Saints, Patriots, Super Bowl, Eagles, Patriots, Super Bowl is going to just blow the ratings roof off. It's just going to be a great game. They're going to be great games. Um, we're going to start talking about Minnesota. And to do that, There are certain players that set the bar, and there are other players that are the bar. And when it comes to players that just take it over the top, you got a player that's proven a lot of people wrong. Proven a lot of people wrong, and Case Keenum is the bar for me uh, as far as this week goes and his matchup, the Week 10 matchup against the Washington Redskins. Uh, Case Keenum, first of all, uh, we're talking about the quarterback of a 7-2 football team who is really playing at an extremely high level. And yesterday, Four touchdowns. Yes, threw some interceptions that were bad late, but they weren't blowing the Redskins out unless he made some uh, unbelievable throws to start the game. He is great moving him within the pocket, and I'm making the bar also just to prove the point that, again, the Teddy Bridgewater being back story is great. I'm so glad he's healthy and back out in football. I know Teddy Bridgewater is a great guy, but everybody's got to pump the brakes on starting Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. Case Keenum is playing really good football. In fact, you look at ES ESPN, their QBR. He's he's the third-rated quarterback in the league right now. So with him, Thielen, Diggs, we have to start respecting it. The Vikings are no longer just a defensive team when the mm. offense is managing situations. No, Keenum can throw the ball down the field and make some big-time plays. You said the word respect. Yes. And the guy that I'm having set the bar is someone that when he signed a big contract this offseason, people thought that it was an indicator that the front office for the Rams didn't know what they were talking about. And he's continuing 
to prove that he's a major weapon, and his name is Robert Woods. Just because you didn't see him in the in the teams before this one doesn't mean he wasn't good. Eight catches, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. When he got signed to that contract, people thought it was a joke. Right. And I think, you know what? I'm giving him the bar. He sets the bar. He is the bar because Robert Woods went out there and put on a show, and it's been week after week after week. And sure, the Sean McVay offense is good, but he's taking it to another level, breaking off some big plays. Robert Woods was the bar in week number 10. What do you think? That's a good one. Did you like it? I did. <laughs> now you like when I said that. Uh, yeah, I mean. But remember what people were saying? You're right. And they it, were chitting all over that. And I, I think you and I take more pride in that than anything. The the common mantra that's just false because, oh, he didn't put up great stats last year in Buffalo. He can't be good. Well, you know, hey, last time I checked, Buffalo's offense ain't been anything special. Isn't it interesting Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods are doing this in L.A. and then Buffalo like could barely move the ball Can yesterday? barely do it. I know. You know, you, you got to be careful about changing over your whole team for the new culture. I mean, at some point, you got to leave some weapons on your team. I don't care if they're like... 100% bought into your culture or not. But, yeah, I mean, Woods, he can do it all. He really can. Yep. Uh, Connor Saucier is saying, is Robert Woods performing how the Rams wish Sammy Watkins would? I think the Rams really don't care who's doing yeah. it because they spread the ball out right. so much. Right. I mean, you get a little bit of Cooper Cup and you get Higby. And you They're get like all- the Patriots. Oh, you, you, you want to do this to this guy? Then we got this guy to screw you. It, it doesn't mm. really matter. They've gotten to that point where they're just surgical that way. Diago Mendez says, Sims, please rant about Thursday night football, please. Oh. Do you have a rant? I mean, I, I I can always rant about Thursday night football. Thursday night football, I don't like it. They got to find a new formula. The quality of play is horrible. You can't talk to me about freaking player safety and say, hey, it's 96 hours later. I know you just smashed your head in 100 times, but we'd like you to smash it in again. I was a wussy quarterback, and I was still sore on Thursday morning. So I don't even know how linebackers and running backs can play on a Thursday Doug night. Doug Baldwin came out and said it's criminal. It's criminal. It really is. They have to find, to me, uh, the, the Thursday night game has to become by week the previous week. Okay, you play on a Sunday. You get a few days off. Thursday, you start back practice for the week to play the Thursday game, and, and then, then you get you the get long weekend after. Off. Yeah. Right. That's the way they have to do it. If they want quality of play, the players to be fresh, the coaches to have legit game plans, that's what they have to do to make the product better. Mm. I love it. You like that? Uh, yeah. I th- we. It's funny. We've actually had a lot of people on Twitter suggesting that exact same thing. Yeah. It's what a bye week, and you have like one game in 19 days. Right. It's, it's, it's doable. Oh, okay. I know players aren't going to get a full week off. Okay. Gosh, damn. Back in the old day, you never got a bye week. So what the hell? Let's go. Uh, one team that had an injury, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Joe Hayden, broken fibula, mm. elected not to have surgery. He's going to be out for a little bit. But explain to me, I know you went and watched the Steelers offense. Yeah. How the heck that happened? Because Indy, I was pretty sure they were one of the worst teams in football. The Steelers are your sixth best team. Yeah. How was it even that close? Uh, all right. So d- just the film part, I, and I watched a, a pretty good. I watched this game close on TV yesterday. But the film part, I've only watched Pittsburgh's offense, and I think this is where it has to start. First of all, uh, the Colts are sneaky, big, and powerful up front. And I think Pittsburgh early on just said, you know what, we're really good up front too. We're just going to try to run it down your throat. It wasn't going to happen. When the Colts want to get big, they can get big. So that slowed down things from the run game perspective. Big Ben certainly missed some big throws down the field. Once again, Big Ben gets too greedy for me at times too. 
where it's second and 10 and he tries to throw the 30-yard ball down the field and I want to go, damn, Juju Smith-Schuster's open five yards in front of you. Just throw the check down. He'll get a first down. You guys will keep this drive rolling. Mm. So he gets a little too greedy from there. I do question their passing attack at times because, I, and you'll read my notes later in the week, but I, I do. I don't know if it's they're managing Big Ben and don't want to do too much offensively, or maybe they just don't have a lot in the offense right now. But when I really watch their drop back pass game, I'm not overly impressed with their inventory. They're really good if you want to play them man to man. They have lots of ways to screw you. Mm. But the Colts only did that a few times, and they played zone for the better part of the game. And I don't know if they have all the plays to expose zone all the time. At least the core plays that I see better offenses than football do. Were you impressed with do. the Colts coaching? I, I, I am always semi-impressed by the Colts really? coaching. Yes. Chuck Pagano, again, I, I'm guessing he'll get fired at the end of the year because just at some point you need a new look and a new vibe in your organization. But damn, Chuck mm. Pagano is not the reason this team is where they are. I mean, we, we've talked about it. Griggs is the reason. Yeah. And offensively, uh, our man Chazinski and them, yeah, they have good game plans every week. I think it's very interesting. We actually had someone, uh, J.R. Santos, will the Browns trade for Brissett in the offseason? Jacoby Brissett is the first Colts player with four touchdown passes of 60 yards or more in a season since Johnny Unitas in 1966. Man. The fact that the Colts were able to get, in my opinion, an NFL starting level caliber quarterback for a former first-round pick wide receiver that can barely get on the field for New England is maybe the best trade uh, because it's too hard to get good quarterbacks in this league. Yes. All these teams know it. And to get Brissett for Dorsett was thievery. It was. a steal. It was. And I'm looking at it and going, I don't trust that Andrew Luck is going to come back. Could you build around Jacoby? Could he be their quarterback of the future? I do think so. Yes. He's shown me enough already. For the situation he's in, the plays he makes on a weekly basis, you give him a full offseason in a system to do it. Uh, listen, you know this. I mean, we've talked about this. New England raved about his physical ability. I don't know what really happened. I honestly think more than anything that they got worried about he might not be able to just totally run and orchestrate that New England offense to the way they would like it to be done. And they found a time to go get a Philip Dorsett, and they felt like that could help their team, so they did it. But Brissett has proven that he's a starting quarterback. Definitely. And I week don't think, in, week out. Right. And I don't think there's any way that the Colts let him out the door in any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think he's free anyways. So they have to keep him. But, yes, you can build around him. And they're they're not as far off as people think. I mean, their O-line is a little better than people give it credit. They could get maybe a game-changing running back, maybe one more receiver to the mix. And then some corners on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. The Colts are, again, this day and age in the NFL, you can turn your team around in one, one and a well, half years. That, it all goes to, uh, who's their, their GM? Ballard? Chris yes, Ballard. Chris Ballard, right. To make that trade, right. to get all those guys on the defensive line like Hankins, that yes. I know you were very impressed with watching the film. Right. Uh, their draft was a very good draft. Malik Hooker, when he gets healthy, was a primetime player. Definitely. He is going to make good decisions, and they're already on that path, whether it is Pagano that gets to enjoy 
enjoy that or not, yeah. they're going to get there, I believe. Sam Conkey saying, odd Sims comes back and signs with the Browns next year, plus 500, and he's hammering. <laughs> Sam Conkey is all over that. It ain't happening. I mean, I finally got this career going in the right direction, so I'm not going to fuck this up and go play for the Browns. So you, <laughs> you were completely right. Oh, hold on. Spencer Plant, while you're on the Colts, what do you think Luck has for trade value if they decide to keep Brissett? Mm. It's a, it would all be about the shoulder situation. It's going to be very scrutinized. Even if he's thought about trade, it's going to be deep evaluations on that shoulder. Hey, guess what? What? He went to Germany. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. You know why? I don't know. Because ice and stem aren't working. What would you get done in Germany? Well, it doesn't. It, they probably have cutting edge doctors. The anything you ever hear in the sports medicine world is Israel and Germany are ahead of the rest of the world. So I don't know. I mean, we saw Kobe Bryant go to Germany. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot. I couldn't find anybody basically in America to help me after I lost my spleen. I went to Canada, and then I finally found a guy in Denver that got me over the hump. So, again, um, you know my thoughts on Ursay and that whole thing. Yeah, it it is going to be the Colts are going to be an interesting situation because when I talk to people at the Colts, they say Chris Ballard has really brought the organization together. Mm. And there's definitely a calming... I don't know how Kansas City let him out the door. Yeah, I don't know either. Calming belief within the building. And I do think Ballard's the type of guy that wouldn't want to fire a Pagano because when you're around Pagano, he's easy to respect and like. But does Ursay jump in there and the typical billionaire who knows everything? Yeah. J.R. Santos says, oh, in Germany, they inject bratwurst into your veins. Ooh. No uh, and then Queen so. Kira Clark says, how come Sims doesn't have gray hair? How old is he? I'm 37, Queen Kira Clark. I do have a little few fuzzies here and there now, but... Your hair is just so close to gray that we wouldn't notice you're it right. if it started. Cause My you're... dad's got gray and nobody really notices it. You're right, because it's the same thing. It's blonde. Do Queen Kira Clark and J.R. Santos... They, wa- they watch almost every Facebook. I, I want to know what you guys both. do for life. I want to know because you're here all the time. We're the most dedicated people. I have, I have had a FaceTime conversation with J.R. Santos. Have you really? He works with uh, like gaming, like the gaming groups. It's hard to explain to you. Remember we had a whole thing about video games and esports? Yeah, yeah, sure. He works with like a lot of people on that, and he's like a filmmaker and does all that stuff. Queen Kira Clark responded with a strength emoji. I don't know, <laughs> but I know that she also watches all of the uh, college football stuff as well. Dedicated. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, J.R. Santos says, not me. Might have been somebody else. Oh, yeah, that was, <laughs> damn it, that was J.R. Luna. Uh, damn it. Well, J.R. Santos, I don't know. You're great. Uh, so you were spot on with the Saints. You were not so spot on with the Cowboys. <laughs> you think? Here was Sims's breakdown of how the, the Cowboys are going to survive Tyron Smith's injury. Burn this. Whether Tyron Smith is healthy or not, honestly, they might be better without Tyron Smith right now. I really believe that just because if you watch him on film, he can't even bend over. His back is so tight and stiff. Chaz Green, I think if they have to put him in there, is a fine replacement to get them over the edge. And he's a good run blocker, too. Adrian Claiborne had six sacks on Chaz Green, which triggered a $750,000 incentive bonus. Uh, how rare is this? It's only happened uh, four other times. OCU Manura against Winston Justice, which that. I'll never forget. Fred Dean for the 83-49ers. Damn, and then Derek Thomas, Derek Thomas. twice. Yeah, Seattle twice. Seahawks, and what was the other one? Uh, you know? I I do not remember. Man. I've seen the Seahawks clip. The Seahawks one, I mean, the best part about that one is he – the last play of the game, he is going to sack Dave Craig, and he throws a game-winning touchdown with no time left on the clock. I don't know. If I just oh wait, to... and the Seahawks won the game. The Seahawks won, and the game he Damn. had eight sacks. I think or it was seven. eight or seven. 
He literally comes around the edge, has Craig. Craig escapes, throws the ball. They win the game. It's I watched that amazing. game, and it was so many like strip sack fumbles and all that. Queen Kier Clark, by the way, is a nutritionist. Uh, um, but, Raiders in 98 was the other one. Man, it's... Wow. So Chaz Green, maybe not ready. Well, I mean, apparently not. I mean, yeah, I look like the world's biggest asshole with that comment, obviously. But uh, I, I got a lot s- of people are saying that's actually Jason Garrett for not helping him out. I, I mean, so that's where I want to go here. I mean, first of all, uh, Chaz Green's played a lot over the last two years. And when I've, I mean, he's played well. I've always been really impressed with him. I've always gone, damn. I but mean, has they, he been playing guard? No, he's been doing a little more okay. guard. He's done right tackle, too. So right. this is his first shot at left tackle. And Adrian Claiborne is not a sack guy. Not at all. Adrian Claiborne is like a five technique. He's a power-based DN, right. Before this game, he had one season with like five and a half and right. one season with like seven, and he got six in one game. Unbelievable. And, I mean, th- th- that would be the thing. Like, yes, Dallas, at what point do you help him? But also, I would just like to say, they obviously thought he had some talent and could do it too because they didn't seem to have anything in the game plan to help him out early. If they really thought it was going to be that big of an issue, Jason Garrett's a pretty smart guy. How many sacks, though, do you go, well, this apparently is an issue? The third sack. The third one, I'm going, okay, Jason Witten tight end over there. If we put the tight end on the right, then we're going to have to offset the back to the left. Hey, Chaz, back's got outside shoulder, the defense end. You set inside. He'll chop the outside shoulder Adrian off. Adrian Claiborne said today, I have one move, I and I just that. kept doing it. I saw that. I, it, it really, you know what I thought of when I saw Chaz Green? I thought of Eric Flowers. Ooh. I feel like I saw that so many times. The lean-in the lean-in head boom, and then it was like, oh, gosh, he went around me. Yeah. I mean, the, just the technique looks so flawed. It's it's hard to explain tackle technique, but, man, I'm, I'm shocked by that outcome. I still was stubborn and went with it even without Zeke because I thought, you know what, they're going to run the ball still. Zeke right now is abroad, clearing his head and training. Have you seen this? No. He has left the country, and I have three countries here that I think Zeke may have gone to. Number one, Ibiza. Took a trip to Ibiza. Oh, no. Took a pill. Took a pill in Ibiza. Number two. Because Avicii says cool. Amsterdam. And number three, Jamaica. Uh, I'm going with one more. Where I think you, you're missing an obvious Where do you like, think Zeke is? Brazil. Oh. Where, you didn't hear this? That Zeke apparently has left the country to clear his mind and train. I, gosh, damn. What the hell? What do you think about that? I don't really like I it. Why? Well, I mean, you don't need to leave the country. I mean, I just, I just don't know. I just don't. I don't tr- know. I, I think he. I want him to not be in Dallas. That's for sure. Because apparently, there's a lot of stuff going on in Dallas. Dallas is a tough city to stay at home in. It is, especially Clubs, if you're a star in, Cal- yes, in Dallas. You, yes. you get treated like a true, like ridiculous star. Uh, in the state of Texas, if you're good at football, they will. I mean, well, just plain and simple. Kyle Shanahan, sophomore year at college, we go to the bar. He cannot get over how many people are coming up to me at the bar. He goes, I mean, damn. He goes, I know you're pretty good, but you're not fucking John Elway. And I want to be like, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, uh, so, so yes. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe it is good that he gets the hell away from all of it. Uh, Jal Lucas Rodriguez says, I haven't seen him in Brazil. So Jal's in Brazil. Hasn't okay. seen him. Uh, and then Malcolm Watley say maybe he's in Colombia. Uh, Ryan Vergara says avoiding the media seems like the best course of action for Zeke. Probably and I is. think that's it, too. Probably is. Because you don't need the photos of him out at dinner. You don't 
right. the photos, and maybe he just needs to get away. Yeah, you might but be right. It's he, been a rough year. It's tough to deal with all that off-the-field crap. What are your realistic expectations for the Cowboys now? Now, granted, they didn't have Sean Lee, Ty- uh, Tyron Smith, or Zeke. Yeah. But they're not going to have Zeke for the next five. Yeah. But Tyron banged up, and Sean Lee, maybe he's going to be back. What are your realistic expectations for them? Yeah, Lee, what? Did the hamstring right? I saw the play. He did it on... Um I don't know what to think of the Dallas Cowboys right now. I, I would, I'm concerned about Dallas. Dallas on their best day can beat anybody. But they're, it's like I told you earlier today. The one thing they're consistent at is being inconsistent, really, at this point. I don't, the offense, the pass game, it's not overly creative. So much is based off their success in the run game. They force your hand that way. That's what makes the pass game easier. I don't watch the film of Dallas and go, wow, that's a creative concept. Ooh, that's a nice formation. No, it's not really that. It's really more, hey, we're going to physically beat your ass. Dak's going to make some plays. You're going to play one-on-one on Des Bryant too much. We're going to take advantage of that. So when they got a team like your Philadelphia Eagles, the Chargers, the Redskins, Mm. the next three weeks – that's scary. Redskins are really tough, and the Chargers looked really tough against The Chargers are tough. I mean, yeah. the, the Chargers blew a game against New England in New England, and they basically blew a game yesterday in Jacksonville to a, to a degree. And Queen Kara Clark says that she hasn't seen Zeke in Jamaica either. She also said, leave the kid alone. It's very tough for me because I typically am the person that says, let these humans be humans. But when you have a possibility of a domestic violence charge, I really can't stand behind people. Yeah. It's the only one. Like if it's drinking related or if it's substance abuse or something that it's like a mental addiction, like I get it. But domestic violence, I don't ever like to defend it. Yeah. Because, I, and I, look, I know that everyone is innocent until they're proven guilty. But if it does come out that you put your hands on a woman, I just don't want to have ever taken your side. Yeah, I, I'm it's with you. It's the only one that I don't, I can't do it. Totally with you. Because I just, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. It's so, ridiculous. I, again, we don't know exactly. What happened. We don't know. We do know that the, he has not been tried fairly. We do know that. That's the one. That's what we're arguing here. Really, it's, it's you're right. I mean, if we find out Ezekiel Elliott uh, did, you know, put his hands on a girl and was physical with her, then screw Ezekiel. Elliott. Yeah. I won't root for him ever again. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones and the possibility that owners could cause him to lose his franchise right. because he's being detrimental to the NFL. He is leading the charge against Roger Goodell, trying to get his contract rescinded. Apparently, most of this motivation from the other owners could be because he elicited the help of Papa John to go out sure. there and 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 challenge the league and say that the NFL is hurting his pizza business. Right. What was your take on this pro football talk report? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's far, far down the road before we get to that point to where they can go to whatever it was, articles, section, blah, 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 of the NFL bylaws to where they basically, it's just like the players. If it's contract de- conduct detrimental to the league, that the owners could vote and basically take your team away. But, I mean, that's going to go to Supreme Court, and that will be the longest drawn-out process in the history of court. Uh, uh, the, the big thing to me with Goodell... All right, so Jerry Jones, there's certainly the owners are jealous of Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. I mean, they, they're the big wigs of the owners. Yes. They really... Nothing gets done without them. And I think oh, there's a lot of respect, but there's also jealousy there. I'll say this to defend Jerry Jones in this one aspect, and he drives me freaking mad right now because, you know, some people have rights and others don't. He's becoming Al Davis? Right. But I'll say this. With the Roger Goodell stance. I agree with him. Let's wait and see how he does with the CBA and the TV contracts. Roger Goodell asked for a $49.5 million contract with a lifetime use of a private jet. Lifetime family health benefits. 
Um, I honestly but then think again, this. If I'm Roger Goodell, I'm, that's called negotiation. Well, you're right. It's the NFL. Okay, this is where I look at it. I really like Roger Goodell the person. When I've been around him, I really think he's trying to do his best. Yeah. He's a smart, good guy. Yeah. I think it's time to get a new commissioner. Whoa. Yeah. You're telling me that it's time for the NFL to get a new commissioner two and a half years out of the new collective bargaining agreement? Yes, I just think it just, hey, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league. He's been great for a while. They did well. Shit is hitting the fan in all aspects. Whether you talk about Ray Rice, Kaepernick, the kneeling, the anthem kneeling, this situation, it's one thing after another, and this is a cutthroat business, just like coaches and players, and sometimes you just need a new look, a new vibe, and I think we have gotten to that point in the NFL with Roger Goodell. I think the interesting thing is Roger Goodell is paid so much money because he takes all of the crap so the owners don't have to take yes, any. Yes. But in this last situation, with players' rights and the co- the communication between owners and players, it's still falling on the owners. Bob McNair is getting destroyed. Jerry Jones is looking ridiculous. Owners across the league had to release statements, and Roger Goodell wasn't there to take all of the flack. But that's why he's asking for 50 mil. Is because he goes, I'm the one taking all of the shit yeah. for you guys. Yeah. And that's a 24-7, so 365 you, job. You get rid of Goodell. I do. I think that's that. Do I you think have that's a name? Time. I don't. Okay. I have no clue. But I just think, yes, within the NFL scope and how things are done in the NFL, it might be that time. And here's what I'm going to be willing to say. What? I am willing to go out there right now. For $50 million a year, I will be the commissioner of the National (laughs) Football League. I know that it's a really big ask and that maybe I'm not that qualified, but you know what? What? It's easier to point all the blame on someone that's not qualified. (laughs) So, guys, Adam Lefko, commissioner of the NFL, just call call me Left Commish. (laughs) Talk about it. Let us go now. Uh, Leonard Luke, I volunteer as tribute. Kamush? We decided that, okay, maybe we're not that great at picking games all the time, right. but we're pretty good at predicting how players are going to I picked games good. I just don't gamble good. Shut up. Don't okay. do that to me. But maybe, <laughs> but maybe we could pick players well. Well, I went back and looked at how our little player projections went, and uh, uh, not bad. Not bad? Not bad. This is the Jordan Howard game. This is the Jordan Howard game. This is going to be the Jordan Howard Steelers, where he went off for that 140 with fantasy. We normally don't do this, but Michael Thomas or Ted Ginn Jr.? Do you think Ted Ginn gets over the top, or do you think Michael Thomas? No, I would go Michael Thomas. I would think the intermediate passes are what's going to kill Buffalo. And I think that this is going to be the Bilal Powell game. I think that Matt Forte (laughs) was good on Thursday night, but if you watch that game, as I did frustratingly, Uh. rooting for Bilal Powell, every time he touched it, he went off. And I just, I feel it. I think Bilal Powell's going to have a nice game against Tampa Bay. Golden Tate. I think Golden Tate puts on an S-H-O-W show. I think Golden Tate is going to have a few long touchdowns. Like a few like like long making people miss touchdowns. All right, so I went one for three. You went one for one. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, Bilal Powell, the Jets. I, I'm really I, – I did not see much of that game. Let me tell you what they did. Yeah. They said, who's the best player in your defense, Gerald McCoy? Right. What if we run it right at him every <laughs> single play? Right. Every team this year has run side to side on Tampa Bay and negated the strength of their defense, and they literally ran right to him. It was really frustrating. But you know what they really could have used, Sims? What's that? Yeah, they could have used a certain player that was walking around the, the facility. Take a look at what we got sent in here. Uh, a beautiful piece of video. It was actually a, a picture sent to us. A Chris Sims jersey in the stadium there, tucked into the man's jeans. Man. Is it cool that people are still wearing Chris Sims jerseys? That, uh, it, it, it is cool. Uh, listen, Tampa, the fans there were great to me when I was there. And I do think there is a... Still a respect for the fact that I put my body on the line a little bit. I still have people come up to me. It's cool that they, they still got that jersey there. It looks yeah, in pretty good condition. Tommy Olsen says that's the old eBay special. <laughs> Get that up for $6 for the immediate purchase. Uh, no, but Jets, uh, Jets, Bills, I mean, excuse me, Jets, Tampa Bay, that was one of those games where it was just... You're it looked gonna, ugly. You're Every not going to enjoy watching that game. Yeah. It's uh, really gross. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's... Jets three for fifteen on third downs, two hundred and seventy-five total yards of offense. I just, I, I actually can't wait to watch it actually because I don't even understand it. I don't understand it. I really don't. There was one point where Josh McCown threw a pick, and then the very next play, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a pick. I mean, how did they go? I'm just like even the in the fourth quarter, fifteen plays, eighty-one yards on that Jets D. How? I don't know. The one thing Chris I, Godwin played well, and and Fitzpatrick could hit Deshaun Jackson. That's the one thing we haven't seen Winston been able to do. Every time I turned on the game and saw a little bit of it, he was hitting Deshaun. Uh, Tommy Olson says, "I've been mentioned on the show the last four weeks. Do you need a guest in the booth? We don't have any money." Sorry. Sorry. We actually lost all of it in betting, or else we would have paid you, Tommy Olsen. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that uh, we agree a lot, but there were two things this week that we disagreed on, right. and I'd like to recap them, and not just because I did well. So the first one is, you really didn't like my bet on Thursday. Let's take a listen. Uh, uh. And I'm going to be putting $50 on the Seattle Seahawks, minus five and a half. Man, that's stupid. I... <laughs> <laughs> Good to start off like that. Um, I'm picking the Seahawks to win the game. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I just I don't trust it for it to be more than five and a half. I mean Seattle. Seattle's one of those teams that I mean if we put some of the uh, you know salespeople from Bleacher Report, they'll find a way to make it a three point football game on the field. They really will. They play down to their competition at times. I just don't trust them. And it was so funny. If you guys realize that Seattle was up by like 13 points and they stop uh, Arizona, I'm like, I am the man. I got it right. And then Arizona comes down and scores the touchdown and they're down six. And Seattle blocks the freaking extra point so to typical. keep the cover. They blocked the extra point. And I texted you, and what did you text me back? Horrible bet by you. Horrible bet by you. <laughs> I was like, yes, the blocked extra point kept the cover. I didn't see the text till the next morning, and I had to wake up early, but I saw it, and I was like, what? Oh, I just remember. I thought you bet 100 on it, too, so that was, I was even <laughs> more pissed. Um, first of all, did that game... If Drew Stanton could throw, oh, shit. they're going to win the game. I mean, how many open receivers did he miss? And how then, about that Russell Wilson play? Was that not the micro? I felt like that was the microcosm of the Seahawks and the Cardinals all together in one play. 
right? It's like the Seahawks, we're not that good, but Russell Wilson can run around and make something happen, and there's Doug Baldwin, and they bolted it off. Oh, my gosh, that's like the Seahawks to me right now. Yes. And then there's Arizona. We're dominating the game right now. We have all the momentum. It's second and 22, and we got them corralled, and somehow we fucking messed up a wet dream once again. I had a tweet about yeah. the Seahawks that uh, got favorited 1,300 times and retweeted over 400, and I want your opinion on yeah. it. I wrote, the Seahawks' offense is Russell Wilson rescuing all of his belongings from a house fire while every seven seconds setting up an easel and painting the moment. That's the Seahawks to me. It is. It's, it's, it's Russell Wilson running for his life and then going, but I have one more throw left yeah. in me. I have one more move to make. I mean, yeah, you're. it really is. Uh, again... He is unbelievable. He's and unbelievable. then he gets concussed and says, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because they didn't realize that he drinks Reliant Recovery Water yes. that adds a cushion in his brain. And he talks to God. So he talks both to of God. Them. I mean, yes. But uh, he's he's a baller, plain and simple. Yeah. He is doing it by himself with that offense. And, yeah, Richard Sherman, of course, is going to hurt their football team. When Richard Sherman went down, I was like, now all the people are going to blame the Seattle not being good on an injury when we've been trying to tell people all year that they're just not that good. They're just not that good. The fact that I'm still betting on the Seahawks to cover big spreads and the Steelers to cover big spreads, neither of those teams ever fucking cover those spreads. Yeah. Yeah. But there is one team that you think is always going to cover, and they just don't. Let's take a look at Sims's take yet again on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> but I just think Cleveland's going to hang around in the game. I think that's what I'm going to see. I think you're going to also see just an uninspired effort by Detroit, too, because they're going to be like, oh, we're at home, we're Cleveland, we're going to beat them. Stafford will make some plays to get us over the edge. If blah, I didn't blah, blah. have a life, so. I would go through the last two years yeah. and see how many times that you have said or I have said, I think Cleveland's going to keep it close. Right. They just don't. They well, don't. I mean, Every third or fourth quarter, it evaporates. Well, I mean, okay. So I'll guarantee you, you know what? Minnesota Bet game. the line in the first half. But, keep but it, see, Cleveland but, keeps you're, it close. but you're wrong, though. But I'm wrong, though. Every fucking game. They keep it close, and then it just fades away. I will say this, though, to your point. Yeah. Glover Quinn, safety for the Lions, in explaining why the game was close originally, right. said the Browns have better athletes than probably 24 of the 32 NFL teams. Wow. The Browns have outgained their opponents in five of their nine losses. They are playing relatively well. They just but they fuck do up what they did at the first football. half right. where they decide to try and sneak and run out of time and don't get any points on the board, or then they get a, a fumble recovered for a touchdown, right. or they just fuck up at the end of the game. Yes, they do. It's just uh, it's the sign of a team that doesn't know situational football and a sign of a team that's just kind of young and immature at some key positions. That, that's the biggest thing. And um, damn. Look at their schedule. Do they have a winnable game coming up? Yeah, let's see. I mean, I know they play in the AFC North, and the Ravens are always going to be a winnable game. Stafford's on fire right now, though, isn't he? Stafford's fantastic. He's on fire. Yeah. Um, okay, so you got the Jacksonville next week. No. They're not going to win that. Bengals. Bengals could be. It's at Cincinnati, so that does hurt them a little bit. Mm. I the still Bengals would, are A.J. Green or bust. That's pretty much. It's please somebody make a crazy play for our offense. If A.J. Green it. didn't take that one 70 yards to the house, the right. Bengals were not going to drive. Right. And Joe Mixon is a little bit disappointing. Who else? Chargers are tough. I don't think they could be in San Diego. I don't see it. Green Bay at home? That could be. It's the next game that I'm looking at. It's the next game you're looking at? The, the, the Ravens. Next one? Oh, the Ravens. Yeah, that could be an ugly, right. 
The Ravens are the ugliest team in the NFL to watch. Man. They are so bad. Queen Kara Clark says that we hate Atlanta. We don't hate Atlanta. We're just really realistic about Atlanta. And I, I want to put all my thoughts out there to Devontae Freeman, yep. who apparently could miss a number of games with a concussion. That was a violent it's his hit. second one. Yep. I've met Devontae. I've hung out with him. He's a really cool dude. Uh, Charles Esther, why are you hating on my Ravens, Lefko? Not hating. But for the last two years, they're the least fun team to watch on television. Yep. They are the captains of a of a team we're going to talk about in a little bit. But first, Jacksonville Chargers. Uh, Jacksonville had our cover twice. Yep. Fumble recovery from Tashawn Gibson it had to come back because apparently he touched somebody's leg. And then that interception by A.J. Bouye at the end didn't look like he was really giving a lot of effort and ran out. And you talked about not understanding game situation. Two taunting penalties yes. messed up the Chargers. Right. The one on Marquise Lee where he was dancing in front of the dude. Messed the up the zone. Jaguars, right. Jaguars. And then that last one where they called it on Colvin, right. but Jalen Ramsey put his finger in the face of Phillip Rivers. Right. And it went from them getting the ball in the one and punching it in and giving us the cover yes. to two kicking the field goal. You went and watched that film. Yeah. What did you learn about our Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, the I mean, it, it's really the same old story. I mean, this that was the biggest thing. Um the Chargers played man to man and put everybody at the line of scrimmage every play. And they just said can Blake Bortles beat us? Plain and simple. But haven't teams been doing that to them all year? They have, but right now, I mean, the thing I wrote in my notes, like Legit, Darius Phylon. Yes. Me Bain played phenomenal. And then Denzel Perryman being back. Was he that big of a deal? He was he is a just great read and reactor guy to where, oh, there's a hole there. Oh shit, I can't go in there. He's already in the hole. So that's where he's really good at. I didn't at. think he would be that big in his first He is uh he I I know. I didn't think he would either. But man, he looked totally completely healthy. That Fournette not totally 100% in my eyes, but their D-line brought it to Jacksonville. Plain and simple. They they whooped their butt and then they have a good trio of corners. Yes. With the kid Hayward, uh the kid 24 from Penn State, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Yes. Trevor Williams, thank you, Matty Ice. And then Desmond King as their nickel, the kid from Iowa. It's a pretty good group. And, of course, when they got them in second and long and third and long, and Jacksonville's got to throw, Ingram and Bosa are everywhere. They're fucking everywhere. They're unbelievable in rushing the passer. And Bortles just absolutely threw the ball like shit. I mean, like shit. That last interception was Both interceptions was were right horrible. to the safety. I mean... Trey Boston dropped another pick six that would hit him in the chest in the third quarter, I believe. Uh, so it's just scary from that standpoint. He gets the most optimal looks. I mean, quarterbacks. If, when if you say Jared Goff gets the most optimal looks, he no, he do, he doesn't get the most optimal. He gets some great plays because of the design of the play. But, but you're it, saying because so many people are in the box, they play defenses where like Tom Brady would literally watch a film in the Jags game and go, "Man, would somebody play me like this?" This and is just a, lob it up, oh, lob it up, pick guys, whatever it may be. But he just can't make routine throws. He had one of those games where he didn't really want to throw it ever. He wanted to run or scramble and make a throw on the run when he was in the pocket. I mean, the ball's in the air and he's doing a hop, skip, and a jump because he doesn't know where it's going to go and I don't know what I'm doing. And it was just, it was ugly. I mean, how bad is Chad Henney look in practice? No, he, it's, it's not even about that. If he looked like Joe Montana, they're not going to play him. Blake Bortles is the third pick of our team. But timeout. How many years? Do, why is you he? You have Doug Marone, Mr. Yes. Accountability. 
We yeah. had Malik Jackson in here, and he said no one gets away with shit. Yeah. You have Tom Coughlin, like the captain accountability. Yeah. You're telling me that's still the issue. It is definitely still the issue. Only thing I could look at, think of there, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm sure the organization wants uh, Blake Bortles to be the quarterback. The only other thing I'll say, too, is maybe his movement, and they just figure if we can run and run some bootlegs, yeah. we could just be like Seattle Seahawks 2013 and play that way. Their defense is still mind-blowing. I mean, they're mind-blowing. Really? I actually wrote with Jacksonville, they need to play a hair more man-to-man. You know, they, they get beat by some of the Seattle beaters at times, right? The shallow crosses, things like that. That's, that's always been your issue with that defense. It just stresses them out. The, 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 the running back out of the backfield. I mean, we saw the Patriots with Vereen in the Super Bowl 49. Yes. That's what happened yesterday. You know, they had a good little offensive game plan to find some completions. But at the end of the day, still, I mean, it was almost impossible for, for San Diego to move the ball. I mean, their defense is that good, and they're relying on a fake punt for a touchdown to get the win. Yeah, it's... And it's, they're relying on Phillip Rivers with... Yes. And, and the... The Chargers' ability to throw away games at the end is uncanny. That was a Chargers type Eckler, loss, right? Eckler fumble on first down, where it just right. gets ripped out, and then a Phillip Rivers just lobbing it up there. But it just shows you you can't throw 50-50 balls against the Jags. No, you cannot. Because they're, they're going to play it like a wide receiver. Bouye, Ramsey, Tashawn Gibson are all over the field. They're they're phenomenal. I don't know. Have you seen Jalen Ramsey's full quotes about A.J. Green midweek yet? Go online. Oh, I did. And yeah, yeah. I you did. You saw the full. You, oh, you heard just, him talking. Yeah, saying he's weak. He's soft. I'm just speaking truth. I saw it. I watched oh it all. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's my, the new Dion. He's my new idol. He's tougher than Dion. He's like he he's he's he blew up somebody yesterday. Go watch that when you watch the Chargers side of the film. Yeah, I did. And I'm trying to think of what play it was. It though. was a little dump off, and he just came down on the right side, right. and just blew the guy he, up. He tackles like a safety. I mean, it's he's awesome. he's a phenomenal. Well, you player. said that when he came out of the draft that he's the kind of guy that'll give you eight years as a prime time corner, right. And then could be a prime safety for five no years. No doubt, he could be that Charles Woodson career where you just go, damn, it's year 14, and he's one of the best safeties in the league. And he went to Florida State as well. Yeah, yes, he did. Cocky, yes, cocky in your head. In your face. You, from the Bills game, said you texted me and said, there are some teams that are just playing not to lose. And we're going to wrap with this. And you said, this is the time of the year where teams that are playing not to lose fade away. Yeah. That they've been okay for the first eight, nine weeks because they don't turn the ball over and they rely on turnovers and they keep it close. Right, don't let up big plays. And you you said that was the perfect example of the Bills. Yes. That the Bills yesterday, it evaporated. Right. It's gone. Right. Why? Uh, Because I think everybody now at this point of the year, 10 weeks in, you have enough film – You've seen enough offenses have the prop like you you know you, you watch games oh who's been successful against the Buffalo the oh let's steal a few plays from them and a few plays for them and it starts you start to gather inventory on how to beat what they're doing and they're not overly talented especially on the defensive side of the ball they have some good players they have a lot of solid but at at some point it's got to be you got to create something. You got to make something happen. It can't mm. just be, oh, we're not going to let up the big play. We're but not going to turn the ball over. Why is this time of the year different than earlier? Because early, I don't think all teams are hitting on all cylinders as far as their they execution. They don't know who they are yet. They don't know what they want to do quite to attack. And like I said, the ten weeks of watching other teams yeah. taking a few plays from them to they expose them on third downs and ooh, I like what they did on second down. And you just start to gather more and more plays to put in a, to put in against a scheme like that. I have 
four other teams I've been thinking about. One is also the Jets. I feel yes. like the Jets are that team as I, well. I do think the Jets are that, that team. They're they're they went to like two phases to me early in the year. I thought they were a hair aggressive at times, where I wanted to be like, whoa. You know, hold it back. Josh McCown, he'll make some stupid mistakes if you don't pull in the reins a little. Uh, but now, yes, I think they have gone too far the other way to where they become too conservative of offense and they're trying to let the defense win games. Uh, the Titans have won four games in a row for the first time since 2009, and I want to give them props. But at the same time, I kind of get that feeling about the Titans, that they play not to lose. I, I, They're a tough one. I, I do get... I don't know what the Titans I are. I don't really know either. Like, every week they're like, but we're winning. And yes. every week I'm like, but I wouldn't bet any money on you. No, I don't think they're... I think and we th- keep making money. I've made money the last few weeks betting against the Titans in the spread. Yeah, well... Bengals and the Ravens. Let's, let's put it this way. All right, this is the... the I mean, the, the Titans, I don't know if they're a... They don't play to lose. I just don't know if they have the offense and the weapons to really make it happen either. So they're trying to just do what they think is best. Their defense does do creative things, so it's not like, oh, they just sit there and go, oh, go ahead, you it's know. It's more offensively they're playing not to lose than defensively. Yes, defense, I mean, again, yesterday, I mean, Morgan, what, Morgan, yeah. Rackpo, they had some strip sack fumbles, That's right? Dick LeBeau getting creative. Exactly. Yeah. So, but the offensive side of the ball, uh, it really does concern me. It's the same thing we've kind of been saying all year. Like, if, you, if their run game can't dominate, can their pass game carry them against the better teams in football? And just think about this. Okay, they have the two impressive wins early in the year. They... They kind of caught Jacksonville right early in the year. They beat them 37-16. They beat the Seattle Seahawks in that week three matchup. Yes. But other wins are Colts, Browns, Ravens in a close one, and Bengals. So, again, we know you and I, we don't think a whole lot of those teams. Of the Seattle Seahawks either, even no. though you know, it was a good win. And the And if you really think about it, the numbers are low skewed because that one DeMarco Murray run. Yeah, they are, and the and the screen pass that went for like fifty two yards yes, in that to game. Yes, Rashard Matthews, right? And, and even Jacksonville. Hey, it was we're a good just Titans matchup. haters. We are Titans haters. I guess we are to a degree. I don't believe in them. I don't. I, I don't believe in Mario. I, I, I think there's them. a really good chance they get in the playoffs. But I mean, look at their schedule are here. Ravens, Steelers, are this Ravens, week. a team that play not to lose. Yes. Ravens got to just let it loose on offense. It's just well, can they? I don't know if they can either. I don't know we if like Morning Wag and the offense yeah. have enough inventory to, to to do it. But when you look at the Titans' schedule, Pittsburgh this week on Thursday night. Mm. I don't expect them to win in Pittsburgh. But then they're at the Colts, the Texans, yeah, like, the Cardinals, do you the Forty Niners. Do you think Mariota could take advantage of the Steelers Thursday night? No, I don't. I don't. No. And the Steelers, if you can throw the ball, you can get you can move the ball. On you them. can. The last team is a team that plays Monday night football. The Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Carolina, they're facing Miami tonight. But is Carolina, what do you expect them to be that Calvin's not there? They were kind of playing not to lose and let their defense carry it. Yes, they were. I think they've turned the corner on that. So, I mean, I think that's a really good point by you. Uh, I think the big thing is a little bit what I said last week. When Carol, If Carolina, they, they turned the corner for me in the Atlanta game to where I just said, ooh, okay, we're starting to see more and more designed runs with Cam Newton every week, and that's what they got to do. That's why their team was built. That's why you drafted him number one. You dra- you didn't think he was going to be Tom Brady in the pocket, did you? So we thought he could be an awesome down-the-field thrower. And he could make plays with his legs every week. So you got to play the game that way on the offensive side of the ball. I do think they've changed that, and it's going to make the best of their o- their offense better. But, yes, before that, 
That was my question with them. Like, what? oh, we're going to save Cam and not beat him up in mm. the playoffs. Oh, shit, you're at home. You're not in the playoffs. Good thing you saved him, though. So uh, I'm hoping that they've come to that realization. Last week was certainly encouraging that. Even the Bucks game, there was a few of those, too. I expect them to win tonight. I do, too. Yeah. I, I think Carolina is one of the best teams in football for me. I, I think that be, re, my biggest question in this game was Carolina's offense against Miami's defense. Because yeah. I think Miami's defense is pretty good, and it Timmons is. has been all over the place lately. Yes, right. But... I look at Miami's offense and its reliance on the the checkdowns to running backs and go, you're facing Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, and I just don't see it tonight. Yeah. I think that Panthers defense is going to be all over the place. Uh, it's all going to come down to, will you get the few Devontae Parker catches? That's going to be the big thing. And I love Devontae Parker. I just don't bet on it in back-to-back weeks. It's hard. Without, like what you said. You mean, and you, Bradbury's you, a baller. He is a really good player. You you alerted me to Jawan James being out for, for the yeah. year. That's going to be an issue. Je, je, I mean, uh, Carolina's front four. I mean, what? What are Matty Ice? Where's Carolina ranked in sacks and football right now? Well, they got to be up there. Their front is legit. In my betting video, that's going to come out in about an hour. I'll beat you to w- it, man. One of the things I put out there is Jay Cutler when facing a blitz is sacked 19.5% of Second the time. Second in football, Panthers. Carolina's? Yeah. Great. Listen to this. Right. Jay Cutler, when facing the blitz, is sacked one out of five times, almost 20%. Right. The NFL average is eight. He is far and away the most sacked quarterbacks on blitzes. Wow. I think he is going to be under attack on Monday Night Football. I just, I think Carolina, just my question is, is will Cam score? Will they get it going with Christian McCaffrey and and uh, Curtis Samuel and all the weapons on offense? Because, you know, I think they've been missing Greg Olson. Yeah, He's been I, missing that, that security blanket. They will. He's got to be getting close to coming back here soon, too. Uh, you did bet on Miami, though. You put a good amount on Miami. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time believing that Carolina can blow them out just yeah. because I think, like you, your point you just made, the Dolphins' defense is pretty good. I have a hard they time thinking they're just going to overpower that Miami defense. Yeah. It's now, Jawan James scares suit. me, though. That, that does scare me with this defensive front. It really does. Should be interesting. Yeah. Marcus Jackson, he's betting smart. He says the Panthers are going to lose. Watch. Hey, man, bet against us. Fade us. It is probably smart. And and it's funny. Christopher Kim said, uh, Sims, how do you uh, factor in film game theory when making picks? You you must run yourself in circles. The hardest thing about yeah. picking games when you watch as much film as him is you'll go, but what about their third corner? And what about their second running yeah, back? Yeah, get two and what in about the weeds. Fi- and you're, you're confused. Right. Well, I, this is why it just drives me crazy, too, because if you guys didn't see my actual picks during the week, not the gambling picks, but my actual picks, I mean, yeah, I'm going to lose the Seahawks-Arizona game on the Thursday pick show. I picked the game to be 22 to 21 to 16. It was 22 to 16, and I lose. <laughs> But that's the game I pick, so that's what drives me crazy. Uh, I can't win. I lose every week. Even when my picks are great, then my bets are bad. And then my bets are good, my picks are bad. So, um, yeah, I I just I got to eat it sometimes. I'm going to leave you with one quote about Mitchell Trubisky because it made me happy. And then Wednesday, episode 140. We're in the 40s. Mitchell Trubisky is a quote from Josh Sitton. We started to break the huddle early, and he said, get the fuck back in the huddle and don't break it until I break yeah, it. Yeah, my God. No kind, more rookie. He kind of cursed at us, all all of us linemen. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. I respect the shit out of him. Linemen love that. Like I've always love told that. you, they're they're cattles. You got to put a... You got to put something in their ass every now. Uh, Sims, you're the man. Great job on Sunday Night Football. Thanks, Welcome Lugger. back. Thank For you. For Sims, 
Peace out, homies. Frederick would say goodnight, and I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man! And then join us for episode 140. Hope your picks went well on the weekend. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Hopefully, we are correct. We'll see you guys soon.